0: Welcome to Bladespod, it's Monday 24th February. My name is Ben, joined as always on the line by Andrew. How are you doing today mate? I'm good mate, yeah. Good, you're surviving in the February, it's apparently the wettest ever month in Sheffield weather history, so you've not been washed away. It's
1: horrible. I've not seen any light sort of sunlight since about Nineteen ninety four it feels like.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and actually it will be um it will be really nice when United play a game of football in, you know, less than horrific weather Because yeah. that's is that three in a row. Palace was like really windy, Bournemouth was, you know, everyone was fretting it was gonna get cancelled and then Yeah, yeah, this one was
1: you know, I thought the conditions were worse yesterday. Uh, sorry, on Saturday than the Bournemouth game, to be completely honest. Like, I, co- I think they were. Yeah, Norwood we went to second corner, and obviously it blew away for him, didn't he, in the uh, second half? And then um, you could even hear the rain at the top of the stands and stuff.
0: Like, yeah, I mean, I see it down. I sit about probably like 15 rows from the back of the cop, and I was getting wet because the, the wind was like carrying yeah. the rain <laughs> over my head. Like, come on. It
1: was just, yeah, insane. I think, um, it, yeah, it'd be nice when we have a, a normal weather. I can't see it being the next game because it's only a couple of weeks away, isn't it? So. Yeah,
0: true. You never know. We'll be through February then. Anyway, enough weather chat, enough stereotypical <laughs> British people talking to each other chat. You know, I'd obviously play Brighton on Saturday. A one-all draw. Um, I have to say I... I really enjoyed this game, um, you know, I was a little bit frustrated at, at full time, as you as you kind of uh, expect, I suppose, but I came out of it being like, yeah, that was, I, I enjoyed watching us play football for 90 minutes and, you know, I feel like we deserve to win, if not, you know, not completely dominating it from a, a chance creation perspective, but it was uh, it was an enjoyable watch for me, I think, particularly, you know, relative to some of our other recent performances, which... I think we talked about it last time there been a couple of them been a little bit of a, a, a grind I guess you know born yeah we, we yeah. were terrible for 20 minutes and then then better for sort of 60 or so but you know even going back to like West Ham maybe um and a couple of others as well not not totally fluent whereas yeah I uh I enjoyed uh enjoyed the experience on Saturday how about you
1: yeah definitely I think you sort of heeded what I was saying last week in terms of just enjoy it if it was a if that if we were fourth bottom and Brighton were third bottom, yeah, you, you, you're you on the edge of your seat and you can't really enjoy it. But with the way things are, I really did. I was quite surprised actually after because um, I saw a few complaints and stuff on social media. There were a guy behind me walking out with typical United. was like, really? For, like two points <laughs> off Champions League, is that typical United? <laughs> um, but uh, I, yeah, I enjoyed it. I think it's the most we've um, been on top of a game. I can't think of one off the top of my head, actually, a home game where we've been, you know, the 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 more dominant team. I thought we were better against Bournemouth in terms of, but we had that dodgy 20 minutes. I think for the majority of this game, we, we pretty much had, we, we controlled it, I thought. Um, and I don't think that needs, I think that shouldn't go overlooked as well that, Brighton are near the bottom of the league but they're probably not going to go down and they're an established premiership team and they've come here, they've had to change the tactics, they've completely changed the way they're playing and we've still controlled the game. So frustrating, of course, you want to win your own games and it's a team below you in the league, you think, yeah, three points. But I thought it was a good game and a good performance.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, it's a good a good point to talk about um, change of, of tactics and I guess the, the flow of the game was... Completely not how I expected it to go whatsoever. I mean, we we (laughs) talked last week about how Brighton, um, I think they have the the fifth most possession uh, of any team in the league. So they're very possession heavy, you know, patient build up, have a lot of shots as well. Um, Mm. And and the game was completely the opposite. They basically ceded possession completely to us, uh, really did not threaten at all outside of a couple of set pieces. They only had six shots in the entire match. Um, you know, we ended up with sixty six percent possession, which is really high for us this season. I mean, it'd be pretty high for us last season as well. Yeah. I mean, one thing that uh, kind of goes with that is um, territory was sixty one percent in our favour, so sixty one percent of the game played in in uh, in their half, which is is quite notable because um, hmm. usually when a side kind of dominates possession. It's usually along their back line or along the halfway line. You know, we've seen it loads of times this season where a team rocks up at Bramall Lane has sixty percent of the ball, and then you look at it afterwards it's like, well, yeah, because they were just passing it around their back four. But we didn't really do that at all. No. I mean, you know, Brighton kind of—I don't know. You, you, I don't know whether you can say they uh, they let us have two thirds of the pitch, or whether we were just so much better that it was it was there for us. I mean. You know, you mentioned their their change of, of formation and style yeah. and stuff. I mean, I uh, I didn't actually see Brighton. I was running a bit late this this weekend. I didn't actually see their team um, beforehand. So it was only as it was being read out that was like when when I basically knew who was playing for them. And I was sort of going, "That's one centre half. That's two centre halves. That's three centre halves. That's a fourth centre half. Like, <laughs> how many defenders are they playing here?" And um, yeah, they basically ran out a sort of five three two three five two with. Um, with Dan Byrne playing at left wing back, yeah. <laughs> um, Would you say it's the biggest team we've played this season in I terms of height? It has to be, right? I mean, even um, oh, blooming I meant to look up his name beforehand. the uh, the right back is it Scalotto?
1: Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, I, I'm not going to pronounce it obviously, but yeah, I know I know which one you mean. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm going to get that right in a second. Um, the one that looks like Jack Sparrow. Yeah, yeah. Just go with that. But even he's a, even he's a tall bloke. He must be six foot something. So yeah, that that back five um, is Scalotto. Yes. That back five was huge, but I mean, Dan Byrne at left wing back was like, "What on earth is is this?" Yeah. Um, but that's essentially, you know, it must have been the tactic that they, they, you know, they chose to employ was we're going to be super physical, we're going to defend our box. You can have the ball, you can cross the ball, and we're going to have lots and lots of people in the way. I mean, we had fifty crosses in the game. Yeah. That's insanely high. I'm pretty sure that's a season higher. I went back and um, the Newcastle game, we got to 42, which is, a, a, I, can, I think yeah. you can draw some parallels between that game and this one in terms of how it went. It's just... That
1: one, which I'm really surprised about, is that, I, what you're saying is completely my take. I, I was saying all well, week, we're not going to have that much possession. I right? hope we don't get frustrated because that's the way Brighton played they, they keep possession. They just totally changed it. And fair play, you know what I mean? I think if they'd have maybe played their own game, we'd have probably beat them. And the reason they, they managed to get a draw is because of these big, physical players you know that the goal came from a set piece they defended well in terms of every time we put a ball in you know they had an head on it and stuff like that but i was really surprised at how they played it were a proper chris shooting performance weren't it from brighton
0: yeah I, I think one of their fans said that in the in the, the view from you put together yeah as well wasn't it um yeah. yeah i just quickly talk about that actually um you know they—they're obviously in a like a revolution season is what they're aiming for with, with mm. to Get away from Hutton. We talked last week. Their fixtures coming up are not great after yeah. the after Palace at home. I think is the next game, but after that, it's a tough run. I'm, I don't know if drawing their way to safety is. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I could I could foresee a situation in four or five games where they maybe look back at this one and like mm, you know. Was a draw actually that much use to us? Should we have? Well,
1: did you see um, uh comments after the game where he said we've realised now that we're it, we're not going to win every game, and and uh, took that game like what what we just played. Um, we went, for, we decided, you know, a draw would be better than a loss, and we need to learn that. And it's a bit risky that, and then it's to be fair.
0: Yeah, I mean, (laughs) a draw is definitely better than a loss. Well well done, Neil. I don't know how many years you've been a professional footballer, but congrats on arriving. (laughs) The point he was making
1: is that in the past they tried to win games and now they are very much going to draw games, which, you know, I mean, on the one hand, I think fair play to them, take your hat off to them because they've completely changed it up. And I don't think a, a Villa or a Norwich can put in a performance like that because I don't think they've got the players to do it. So, on the one hand, yeah, it's good that they've got another uh, string to the bow, if you like, as, as they try and stay up. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know, it depends, on not it? I mean, survival's obviously the most important thing, but it's completely going against the philosophy of what Potter was supposed to bring. You may as well keep kept Hewton, really, if you're going to do that.
0: There's a bit of that, and you know, one win and a loss is better than two draws, of course. And mm. you know, we, we've—it's <laughs> funny. I feel like now that we're safe, and and come on, we are safe. We have been for weeks. Fifty-four points. I've told you there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind—that's kind of my point. You know, but most of the season, we've been uh, a certain certain members of United's fan base. I guess have been trying to play up the idea that it will take a lot of points to stay up. But I suddenly feel now that we're safe. That I look down the bottom like. Yeah, probably thirty points will be enough. To be honest, like, all these yeah. teams suddenly seem rubbish. You know, Villa well, conceding
1: twenty-eight points shots. We're clear, aren't we? Of relegation. Yeah,
0: we are
1: yeah. That's a lot of points just to. Make, I mean, just to get to forty for one of the sides. Mm-hmm. Let alone, you know, there's like, is there like three or four teams around the same number of points down the bottom? I, I don't know. Can you see Villa picking up sixteen points in the last eleven?
0: No, no chance.
1: Not this for, is I've I've no And And you've got all the teams having to do this as well, not just them, but. I'm not knowing if, yeah, I don't know. It could even be lower than 35 this year. I think I won't be that surprised at all.
0: Yeah, I mean, and this is kind of what I mean with with Brighton. I mean, they they to stay up. to, so what are they on? They're 27, I think now, aren't they? 28. They're on. 28. Okay, but they probably will need another eight or nine points. They probably need to win. I would say two or three more games, and you mm. know, I'd certainly. You know, I give them better than even odds of doing that, for sure. But yeah. all the same, with the tough runner fixtures coming up, I do wonder if maybe they'll be looking back on this one and sort of going, mm, maybe we should add a bit more ambition. But then if they beat Palace on Saturday, they'll they'll feel think, they're, yeah. they're pretty rosy. Um, to, to just return from a... Well, I guess to continue on this kind of tactical approach narrative, I mean, how much credit do you give to Potter for how this game went? Because on the one hand, you know, that the final result and the... You know the fact those you know four four or five big defenders, if you like, repelled all those crosses. It, it, it kind of looks like yeah, this is a tactical ploy that that worked for him. You know, really smart job done. You know, completely flipped the game on its head for how we expected it to go. But at the same time, we probably should have won. And yeah. they they spent most of it you know pinging goal kicks in the sort of general vicinity of Dan Byrne on the left wing and only. Well, created this is the this 30s. is the point we, I saw in the view from there. Fans
1: were talking about. How potable, as they call it, um, and like obviously we're supposed to do the more physical side, and he's there to change it. I think we all, I think me and you both sort of uh, took his hats off to Potter for getting results in the early days, whilst also changing the style. Mm. Now the results obviously dried up a little bit, and he's got a result, but playing the style that they played last season, which is clearly what they're more comfortable with. I would have thought this set of players. And it's all about, I don't know, it's a strange one. It it's really is. It's like, do you sacrifice the the project, if you like, for points? And I don't know what how the fans would feel about that. If they play like that for the rest of the season, for instance. And I imagine they're going to have to, to a degree, when they're coming up, you know, the, the bigger side's Absolutely. what they've got left. I think, is that, I don't know. I don't think it just depends, do not it? I suppose the... I suppose the hope from Brighton was they'd have had more points at this time of the season, so they could have carried on with the passing football. Now it's getting to the point where they're only like, well, they were three points of relegation, four points of relegation, should I say. Mm. Points are probably more important, but yeah, it's definitely sacrificing what Potter were brought in for.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. We've just reached the stage of the season where success now is just stay up, basically. and if, if Yeah. If they play like crap and draw every game nil nil for the rest of the season, yeah. That's well, going they've to be drawn
1: four done. out of the last five.
0: Brighton um, and they've drawn as many
1: as us this season. They've actually they've only lost they've only lost eleven, which is compared to the other teams down there is not bad at all. Like Bournemouth lost fifteen, Villa sixteen, West Ham fourteen. So they're obviously a difficult team to beat anyway. But I think they they usually defend the old Barcelona way, where they keep possession and that's mm-hmm. the way that they try and keep you out. But I think. Coming up against us, I think they must have known that if they'd have done what they'd have done at the Amex, they'd have played right into our hands. So, uh, yeah, you can say that that's good management, but I also think it's a such a compliment to us, uh, and I, I don't think you can overplay this, that we're, we're just playing as we play. Yeah. <laughs> we're not changing anything. You know, Sometimes we go a bit more defensive, sometimes we might make a defensive change or even an attacking change or whatever. But we come here. it's like, right, we're good enough to, to to match you here. And Brighton clearly didn't feel like that.
0: Yeah, indeed. And I'm certainly not, um, you know, I'm not trying to be condescending or anything when I'm talking about, you know, playing in a defensive manner or anything. I just thought it was, uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of fascinating in a way to see. Yeah, yeah. Never thought, I didn't
1: see it. I didn't see it coming at all, that that, that type, type of match. I thought... They'd have all the possession and we'd break, and I thought that'd be the game. But it would complete opposite, really. I mean, yeah. saying that, I don't think. I think in the second half after that, uh, was it Dunk chance? Yes. I don't think they really threatened at all. There were a few half shots from a way out, but mm-hmm. I don't even think they really tried to win it, did they?
0: No, not not particularly. Not even really getting any chances on the counter attack. I mean, I was you know really surprised that like Trossard wasn't playing. He's been a mm-hmm. you know fantastic player for them and.
1: Well, they yeah, brought him and Connolly like, on towards the end, and i was like, oh, are they going to go for it here? And they didn't.
0: <laughs> I, I barely noticed that Connolly was on the pitch, to be honest. It was only afterwards that um, I, I realised he was one of the players that had come on. I just yeah. did not yeah. notice him at all, to be honest. Um, I mean, yeah, I have to, yeah, you have to give a lot of credit for the way they defended their, their box, particularly, I think. I mean... I remember we uh you know, we, we really talked about it after we won at Palace, how, you know, our back three just repelled everything that came into our penalty area in that game and this was was very much the same. I mean, I think we only had twelve corners in the end, but it felt more like double that. It just felt like it was an absolute mm. bombardment from us. And we were you know, we were just getting into the final third so I don't want to say easily, but so regular, you know, particularly yeah. particularly down the left in the first half, you know, the link up with um O'Connell and Stevens and fleck was just absolutely fantastic but yeah they they very frequently had a a body in the way uh you know somebody kicking it away heading it away making a, a last sort of last gas block and ultimately we weren't able to create a proper clear shooting chance in the second mm-hmm. half i don't think i mean we'll come on to a couple of them uh i guess the closest we came in a moment um i suppose yeah we, we you know we kind of touched on it but the magical 40-point mark has been reached. And it's, yes, just, yeah. It's possibly got uh, a bit lost in the wash, I suppose, with our Champions League aspirations instead. But we've done it with 11 games to spare. I mean, you know, I think I think you and I should uh, give each other a, a, well, pat ourselves on the back. We both said, <laughs> that, both said the Blades would stay up. We've uh, we've got some other pre-season predictions, which maybe haven't aged quite as well, which we'll, we'll return sure to people- at the end of the season.
1: Oh, the S two forum. I I can't remember doing this at all. They had a vote on the S two forum where you think we'll finish? And I put eighteenth. So <laughs> I've obviously I'm, I'm lying to someone. I'm lying, I'm lying to you or lying to people. And I can't remember doing that. So just yeah, your I, bets. yeah, yeah, yeah. I did my bets on it, but yeah, I think um, I think it has got lost obviously because the the expectations have changed. But I I, I don't know about you. It reminds me of our first season of the championship where I think that season would have all been happy to stay up. And then you sort of realise, hang on, we're, we're actually pretty good in this league. We're, mm. we're, we're all right. And then you get a little bit more disappointed that that season, you know, oh, we didn't quite make the playoffs, that's disappointing. And we, we, we're pro- we possibly this season not going to do something that seemed ridiculous at the start of the season. Mm. Uh, so it, it goes sort of, you know, the, as the expectations change, the, the initial uh, goal, if you like, gets lost. And it's important not to, you know, for, to... to really put praise on the players and the club and everything for getting to 40 points, just any, at, at all, let alone by February.
0: Yeah, for sure. Do you do you want to quickly talk about uh, Wilder's post-match interview here, actually, seeing as we're talking about praise for reaching 40 points? Mm. It, uh, I only, I've actually only watched it this morning, but um, <laughs> it seemed very, uh, very angry.
1: Yeah, I don't know if someone had said something, or someone said it what Potter said before the game of, we know exactly how Sheffield United are going to play, and la la la. But I don't know if that that's it, or if he's read. He might have read my view from, and uh, <laughs> he's fuming with it. Uh, he might have finally got round to watching the Man City. Uh, looking at the Man City view from, got fuming with that. But well, now I don't know. Something's upsetting. Cause he we talk about pundits and stuff, weren't he? About how they all thought we were going to go down, and yeah, and then obviously the fans leaving early. He just someone told me, and I don't know how true this is, that when we when Wilder walked off, someone shouted. Well, that was crap, weren't it, Wilder, or something like that? And he looked at him fuming. That could be nonsense, so don't quote me on that. But it did seem something like had been said, let's put it that way, for him to react yeah. like that.
0: It, it could be nonsense, that. At the same time, it wouldn't surprise me remotely nah. that someone nah, said nah, nah, nah. um, What was it that he. Uh, and some of the stuff I've heard
1: from on this particular. I've slagged the Facebook boards off before, but, you know, just stuff on there where I see, like, that's two points drop. We're never going to get in the Champions League. And he's just like, did you realise how ridiculous you sound by saying we're never going to get in the Champions League like that? So, yeah. just first season back. And I understand the expectations, and I understand that there's so much hype as well. that Every time you put Sky on, Sheffield United challenging for the Champions League, and he's naturally going to get... It was always going to happen uh, that people's expectations changed and, and got higher, but... I don't know. I don't. I don't think we handled it that well as a fan base this weekend. Personally, I think people leaving early. It did look a bit, you know, poor. I think you know there were claps and stuff after the match, but you know people were grumbling. What I heard on the way out, um, and then Wilders had to come out and say that and stuff. And I just think it, it reminded me a little bit of you know Charlton under Kurbish like. Oh yeah. When yeah. their fans sort of thought sort of, they were, you know, thought they were a bit better than they were and stuff like that, and it all went wrong. And I, I think it's a minority of fans. I certainly don't think it's the majority of fans. But yeah, it's the first minor setback we've had, and they were there were far much more far more criticism than I thought they should have been. Mm.
0: I mean, we all like winning, don't we? That's ultimately yeah. why we go to football.
1: I understand we? the frustration as well, and I'm not saying I'm a bigger fan or a better fan than anyone else, but I just think that. You know, you've you've got to realize that I've seen loads of people saying, well, not loads, but a few people saying, "Oh, Brighton are a poor team; we should be beating them." Well, they're not a poor team. Then there's no poor team in this league. Even Norwich are a good side. Mm. It's not with there's no Uddersfield. If it were Uddersfield, we'd drawn last season's Udersfield, I'd have been the first to say, "Yeah, that's a that's a terrible result." Out rather, we should be beating them. But Mm. they're a good side, Brighton. They're not a bad. They've they've took points of Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal. We're not talking about someone who gets hammered every week, or we're not talking about Ipswich last season or anything like that. That you know, every game you've got to go into and think. We're coming up against a team with more resources, um, and, and there's gonna be teams who have better qualities than us. Every team in the division has has at least one quality, I'd say, that is better than something that we've got, if if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Like so, for instance, Norwich they have they've got an out-and-out goal-scoring Pookie where we haven't. Um, so no game's going to be easy, and I don't think—I think it was a good game, and I think it was a good performance, and we just didn't quite do enough to win it.
0: Yeah, I felt it was. Yeah, about as you know, about as good as we could have played, to be honest. Apart from just that final bit of quality, but even then, you know, the the kind of sheer volume of um, you know crosses and possession around mm. their box, you you have to feel that most times something's going to drop for you. And unfortunately yeah. it, it just didn't quite, but yeah, I mean, my, my main frustration I think is that we only had 13 shots in the game and I, I know that we, I mean, that's quite, that's relatively high for us, but given the amount of ball that we had, and I know that we, yeah. we look for the sort of right shot, I suppose, rather than just shooting all the time. But yeah, li- a little bit surprised that number wasn't a bit higher at the end of the game, but yeah. still, you know, finished with a, <laughs> a higher XG, much more possession, as I said, um, Attacking third passes one hundred and forty nine to thirty nine, so it was a it was a very dominant kind of possession wise performance from us. But yeah, just lacking a tiny bit of quality. Um, one thing that was a bit of quality. What a goal by Ender yeah. Stevens! <laughs> yeah, unbelievable strike. Is that our best goal of the season so far?
1: Certainly individually. Yeah, uh, as I thought, it'd gone wide. I'll convince it had gone wide. I thought it side netting. Um, yeah, a brilliant finish. Just sort of. It was funny because someone after was saying, now ah, we never score off corners. And I thought, Well, we scored off a corner technically, you know, because he came off that. Uh, <laughs> but obviously, with it, with how big their players were, I think it was going to take something like that uh, from, a, from a set piece, you know, like a, a recycled set piece to get to uh, Stevens. But yeah, unbelievable finish. And I was disappointed he went off in second half because I think he were really playing well in that mm. first half. But Osborne did do well when he came on, in fairness.
0: He did, yeah, and uh, we'll definitely talk about uh, talk about him uh, in a little while. Um, yeah, there's a, there's an amusing thread on uh, S2 actually about uh, uh, <laughs> us scoring from corners, which uh, quickly devolves into well, we never score from corners apart from this weekend when we scored from a corner, yeah, apart from apart from Palace away when we scored directly from a corner, <laughs> apart from Billy Sharp against Bournemouth last week, which also came from a corner. Yeah, uh, yeah. So this was um, this was a short one. Uh, played short to Fleck and Norwood. Uh, basically whips it over to the back post it drops to stevens who takes one touch to steady himself and then not on a good angle at all for a shot particularly but just no. slams it into the top <laughs> corner just fantastic hit. it's all like us to shoot from there i thought he was going to drive it back across the area which he normally does, to uh, be Yeah, fair. this is it. And and then he didn't.
1: He went for it. And I was convinced it, the side netting, because it just flew so fast that we're like, wow, it's
0: a goal. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you sat? Were you on, on uh, the Up at Tietz. I went with my dad. Oh, right, OK.
1: Yeah, back. so right behind it. But I just saw the net sort of shake. And I thought,
0: well, surely, we don't, nah, that ain't gone in. Well, Ryan, in their goal, he didn't really have time to dive, did he? No, mean, He ends up just sort of stood there with his arms stuck out. It was a... Phenomenal strike, um, yeah. I, I think definitely, yeah, best individual goal of the season. I think, unless I'm yeah. missing something totally obvious. I mean, maybe Musa's uh, against Manu where he, you know, kind of dribbled and, and shot from the edge of the area. But
1: I think that might be the first goal that we might get into goal of the month or match of the day. I don't Ooh. think we've had this season, so I think that certainly should be a contender.
0: It should be because it is a right hit. Yeah, uh, yeah, almost took the net off. Um, unfortunately, we conceded within sort of three minutes and. Ah, so much frustration about this. For starters, it was it looked like a really soft free kick to give away. Yeah, um, it wasn't taken from the right place, which is something that, on on a, a scale of things that annoy me about football, is is towards the bottom of the scale. But it's still mm. it's still an annoyance. Um, I yeah. think it's taken sort of ten yards or so from where it should have been. But then it's it, it's not a good goal, is it? It's just a it's a nothing ball into the box, really, from about fifty yards out. You know, just like a drifted ball. Um, and then one flicked header, and it, it drops to uh, to Morpay who and nods it in on the line. Our um, at
1: the time, just simply because they'd not done anything up to that point, and I mean anything, Brighton, had they? Uh, and we it looked like it were going to be one of them games where you know, like a a Burnley game. And I think it possibly could have been if we'd have hung on for another ten, fifteen minutes, because Brighton would have had to come out. But to get that equaliser straight away, obviously our heads went down a little bit. There's yeah. obviously lifted, and yeah, that that every goal changes the game, obviously. But I think that changed the complete outlook of the game, just how quick they they equalised. I think it really could have been pretty comfortable.
0: Yeah, spot on. They they'd had one shot up to that point, so that was in the thirtieth minute, obviously, and that was a um, you know a bit of a. A dribbler from uh, Bissouma from about 30 yards that mm-hmm. Henderson sort of <laughs> almost like he dived past really it was yeah a, I it was thought that
1: got in shot. for a very small second I was like what's he doing
0: yeah, it was it was so slow I think he got bored and had to make it a bit more, <laughs> a bit more difficult than it actually was um I Gareth Southgate was there actually wasn't he so
1: oh, he's always there he never picks his players <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't feel like he comes to watch us that often to be honest um I think he's been about five
1: or six times. He always seems I'll to watch yeah. it on Sky. I think I always, uh, when I watch the games back and stuff, I, he always seems to pan round and he's there. Um, and he went to Palace game. He went next to McCabe, which I can't see that happening much anymore. But um, uh, yeah, he was there. And I think uh, Henderson didn't really have much to do. I, I, some, I've seen some people faulting for the goal. I think. It's Ouch. I think. <laughs> I think it's. I think what people are saying is he, he could have come out. Um and sort of clattered into more Ma- pie, but no, nah, no chance. No, nah, I think it, it's all too quick. It's not his fault. It's it's poor defending. It's we switched off. We done that. You know, it happens. It's one of them things, isn't it and it's frustrating.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of what happens when you have four massive centre halves in your team. You know, yeah. and uh, One of them, one of them wins ahead and flicks it on, and you know Morpay is very good at that. He's is a, a you know, it's kind of a modern modern-day Sharp, if you like. I know Sharp yeah, is still playing. Yeah, box in the box. Exactly, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, you, we, we did say, uh, you know, oh, of course he's going to score now that we've talked about him last time. But, yeah, uh, I, you know, I would also like to point that I did say he was, uh, you know, he's running at like a it's like a 0.5 xG per 90, which basically means he scores every other game when he plays 90 minutes. So, mm-hmm, mm. hardly uh, a hardly, uh, we jinxed it kind of thing. And he, you know, I, I thought it was a... Uh, from him, I thought it was a kind of classic Morpay performance of like he didn't really do anything, but he shot more or less every time he got the ball, and obviously yeah. scored a goal himself with a a tap in. I mean, yeah, that one in that one in second half. I mean, it's just the most random volley from nowhere mm. that I. I mean, I thought it were in. Did you? Yeah,
1: I did. Yeah, because I was right behind that as well, and I thought it looked in. I think Anderson definitely was worried. You know, he, he sort of didn't just do a a jump um, just to sort of make sure it went over the ball. He was just looking behind him. So it was a good shot. I like him. I do think he's a good player. I can certainly see why we were interested in him.
0: Definitely. Um, although, a, a very different player to uh, McBurney. I think. I think they'd work well together, actually. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I, th- I think that was in your view from actually Yeah, it was. Yeah, one of their fans said they'd like
1: to see McBurney more. Or well, maybe, maybe if Brighton go down, who knows?
0: Yes, maybe, indeed. Um, I was trying to think if there's anything more to say about that equaliser, but no, it was just a... Yeah, as I really don't think there's anything Henderson could have done. I mean, I think it would be a bad decision for him to come out for the initial ball because oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In, into the wind, it's you know it's a really high cross. You're running into an absolute wall of very large human beings in our penalty yeah. area. So
1: we should have dealt with it, but
0: because it's a simple goal,
1: but it is difficult as as simple as it is when you've got four huge players, pretty much all going for the same ball. Um, and I thought. Yeah, yeah. I think I imagine there were a bit of arguing after. I don't know, like a few people pointing at McBurney and stuff. So I don't know if he picked the wrong man up or whatever, or not got the right side. And yeah, just a yeah, poor goal. But
0: you know, yeah. I think it. you can look at every goal and say, well, we should have done this and that. Yeah. It? I mean, I'm sure Brighton are going. Why is nobody closing down into Stevens before he smashes it into the yeah, top of corner? Course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed. Um, we we didn't really have that many chances in the first half, to be honest. You know, Sharp had that. That kind of snatch volley that went wide. McBurney had a a chance, which uh, the stats people have recorded quite highly. That sort of one in the it came from across from the right, I think, from Baldock. Yeah. Um, and he ends up sort of uh, kind of mishitting it, really, away from goal. He's kind of getting tackled at the same time. Yeah. It's probably our clearest opportunity of the first half, apart from the. Uh, yeah, I didn't,
1: I didn't feel we were creating much, but I do think we looked pretty good. I do think we were dominated. We were certainly. Constantly on the on the front foot, I thought, and I thought the chances yeah. would have come if it had carried on.
0: Yeah, I'm just we only had we actually only had five shots in the first half, so we upped that to mm-hmm. by eight in the uh, in the second half. So, yeah, a, a lot of uh, a lot of ball, a lot of crosses, but didn't actually create that much with it. They had, um, I mean, they had another scramble from a corner, which I'm not sure actually was a corner when um, Scalotto kind of uh, tackled Baldock on our, yeah. basically yeah. in our six-yard box. Um, but then in the second half, Dunk had that sort of one on the turn that he smashed over the bar, which was quite a good chance, I think. I mean, it's a, a difficult one to finish for sure, um, but I, I did sort of panic me for a moment, I think. Um, Fleck had that one that went just wide from the edge of the area. I really thought that was in. It like came from a across from us and it kind of drops to him on the edge of the that box. That was
1: closer than so. I thought because obviously I'm behind it, I'm the other way to you. And I could mm. tell, I thought I could tell straight away it was going wide. Just the. A- I thought we were always going to that side, but when I look back at it on Match of the Day or whatever the highlights, it was a lot closer than I thought. That actually,
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, another chance, a bit of a scramble, and McBurney kind of poked it towards goal from a corner, and um, the goalkeeper ends up. So- Again,
1: I've seen people say McBurney should have buried that. I think it's just one of. The, I don't, I don't. It's just one of those things you swing a leg at it, don't you? And you, that's it. I don't know
0: what else he could have really done. He's really stretching for it. It's hard yeah. to get, get a good contact on it, to be honest. So yeah, I don't, don't particularly. I don't think he. I don't think there's much more he could have done with that, to be honest. Morpay mm. uh, had that random volley that we talked about. Um, Osborne got on the end of a Norwood cross, and the keeper kind of blocked to uh, block the pullback. Um, Brilliant ball the- out from Norwood, I thought as well. I really, you know, picked him out on that on that pass. One of my frustrations from this game is that we didn't get. Norwood the ball as much uh, in, in that crossing position in the Norwood yeah. position quite as often as I would have liked. I mean, if you know, kind of looking down the stats of the game, Norwood is top for almost everything for for United players. You know, most passes, most crosses, most chances created, all these kinds of things. But yeah, I was in the second half, particular, I was like, ah, oh, just can we just get Norwood over there and just have him zinging it into the back stick. But yeah, as you say, that was a that was a lovely one, and Osborne did well to kind of get on it and um, yeah fire it back across but unfortunately the keeper blocks it um, probably the best chance um, that we had in the second half was this McBurney left footed one mm. uh, which he just completely mishit and it just you know harmlessly away, harmlessly away from goal that, that
1: was a really good chance I thought I think he had time and everything I mean you do got yeah. time but yeah I think that's I thought McBurney played really well again uh, I know a couple of people again I've read didn't think he were that good but that's the one thing there where I thought, yeah that's you know he's dropped a, a mark on my uh, out of 10 score from for, for that miss, to be fair
0: yeah I, in real time, I thought it was a really hard chance and then I kind of looked you know the a uh, surprise it's it's recorded as a 0 point three one XG chance which is pretty high um yes yeah, the way it kind of bounces up and his body position you know it comes it goes sort of uh, I think Fleck kind of leaves it, does not he yeah, but as you yeah. say he did have more time I think he definitely could have controlled it. Um, so yeah, a bit of a missed opportunity there. Um and then McGoldrick had that cross that uh, I don't know if McBurney actually touched or not, but the keeper ends up saving it and it ends in a bit of a scramble with um I think Bordoc's given offside or yeah, yeah. penalised in some way. That um, were unbelievable. That were a really ball in from McGoldrick, I thought that. It really yeah, it really was. Um again, not a not an easy chance for um for McGoldrick, uh, sorry, McBurney to finish off, but yeah, you know, just think like if he just gets a touch on that, it probably does go in the net. Yeah, yeah. Um, not sure we had any many other opportunities that I can think of. Like I said, it's just it, so many crosses, so much, um, you know, trying to trying to play through them. But it was just a, a wall at times. You know, Fleck was really good. I thought Sharp was kind of popping up in different spaces and stuff. But mm. yeah, unfortunately, not able to kind of as I say create that one proper clear opportunity, which is. Yeah, I guess you have to say credit to um, credit to Brighton and their back yeah. five, I suppose. Um, there, we should probably just quickly talk about this this Lundstrom red card thing, uh, which was checked by VAR for a uh, dangerous play. Yeah um what did you think in real time when as this kind of unfolded
1: i was shouting get up you diving bleep (laughs) uh stop diving about you bleeping bleep yeah so (laughs) Uh, at the time i thought it was just a a nonsense to be fair um and then i've seen it back and i can understand why it went to uh, to var actually but um i don't know it's one of those in it i think everyone i've seen said they were really lucky uh, in terms of the neutral so maybe i'm being a bit biased by saying, I don't think it was that clear cut. But yeah, I, it could have been sent off, couldn't I?
0: I, I guess if he'd sent him off, it wouldn't get overturned, put it like that. Um, yeah. But, but I can see... So my my initial reaction was um, I, I wanted a free kick for us because mm. uh, I thought, is it, um, is it Dunk? That's yeah, uh, yeah, Dunk, yeah. Yeah. I thought Dunk had dived in um, on Lundstrom. So I was thinking that's a... Not, not that it should be a yellow or red card for Dunk. This is my real time take. It's just one of them, you know, where someone dives in and maybe doesn't quite make contact, but the yeah, referee gives yeah. a free kick anyway. because It's dangerous. I'm thinking that's got to be a free kick to us, surely. And then they're doing the, uh, you know, you see the VAR check come up, and I'm thinking, yeah, right, they're going to check to see if he should be sent off. And then yeah, yeah. as it went, you know, as it went on a bit longer and Dunk's still on the floor, I'm kind of thinking, oh no, they're going to send Lundstrom off for this, aren't they? But yeah, having seen it again. Um, I mean if, if Dunk doesn't dive in, there's no contact. Yeah. No. I think. So it's just it just then comes down to his is Lundstrom, you know, playing in a in a reckless way and kind of making a challenge himself. I personally think it's the right decision to not change it to a red card, but as I say, I suppose if it gets sent off in real time. We're probably going well. He's, you know, he's, he's kind of got his leg raised, and the fact that Dunk has kind of dived into him a bit doesn't really matter that much because he has got his leg up like that. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's like a, a game-changingly terrible decision or anything like that. And as I say, I wanted a free kick to us in real time. Yeah, so. yeah,
1: I did. I, I thought it was. I thought we are our way, definitely. But
0: yeah, um, three minutes of injury time. Mm, what's
1: not, about? I was not happy about that I can tell you that because they did seem to be taking ages on the goal kicks um, and I, I don't know three minutes is such such a, a low amount of time like these days it's normally like six or seven Yeah, we, we had a VAR check they were taking Two ages with that we had six a handball as
0: well
1: yeah handball we had six um, yeah so I forgot about that one yeah of course uh, six substitutions
0: and three minutes I,
1: I don't know I think he needs a new watch yeah, I mean, it's
0: you know, there's obviously no guarantee that we would have got a goal in three more minutes, but it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was a bizarre amount of, uh, of injury time. I, I do think the goal kick thing probably needs looking at um, because it's just it just gives teams the opportunity to be like, yeah, we're gonna, you know, if they're trying to waste time, like, oh yeah, we're gonna play it out from the back. Mm, actually, there's nothing on, so we're gonna play it long. So now everybody, you yeah, know, jog up the pitch and get in position. I don't know. I wonder if you should have to like My
1: friend spoke to a referee and I'm not going to tell you who referee it was because I don't want to get my friend into trouble. But um and we were playing against her in League One and we were playing a game um and and the their goalkeeper was taking ages taking the goal kicks and he booked him. Uh, and then he kept doing it and, and my friend saw the referee after and said, How could you never send him off? And he goes, Nobody wants to be that ref who sent mm. someone off for time wasted as a goalkeeper. But you know, that's the rules, isn't it? If someone does it once, they'll stop doing it.
0: <laughs> yeah, indeed. I I think there should be a time limit on goal kicks to be honest. It's yeah. like random theory that I've proposed in the past of mm. like I don't know what the time limit is, but like say 20 you have 20 seconds to take a goal kick from the second you receive the ball, you know. So when a ball boy chucks you the ball, if you don't take it in time, it's a corner to the opposition. There you yeah. Go. Football fix there I in like, I like that a lot, yeah. Let's let's get it tried. We should try that out. Definitely, unless we're winning one 0 <laughs> <laughs> But it's just annoying. It's you know I don't like I just hate time being taken out of the game. I mean, look at like Bournemouth last last week. They, uh, yeah. you know they conceded in the injury time that was added on because they've been wasting so much time essentially yeah. in the first half. But anyway, my minor thing. But I wanted to mention it anyway. Um, let's talk about a few uh, individuals. Where where do you want to uh, focus on first? <laughs>
1: I think if we don't start with Burge, then people will start thinking that we're just being too ultra-positive, because I think it was a pretty poor performance, weren't it, to be fair?
0: Mm.
1: I think that, um, particularly first off, where I don't think he really got involved at all, uh, Bergenblaze put a really good thread on the S2 forum where it shows about the, the amount of times he's in space and stuff and and we didn't pass the ball to him. Mm. Some of them, to be fair, I think would have been bad decisions to pass it to him in that particular area. I don't think they're not passing to him or anything like that, but I'm wondering if he doesn't seem quite with the system, does he? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which is is no surprise whatsoever. No, 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 um, no. Wait, Bergen, Blade, Sander Berger. Sure that it could be surprising. him. It could be him. Yeah, yeah, it could be him. <laughs> defending, uh, defending his namesake. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought he looked a bit lost. To be honest, I mean, you, you can tell he's not played that role uh, often slash at all. Um, we, we just, we just couldn't get him involved at all Um, and I I think you know I think some of that is on him for sure to Mm -hmm. you know come and show for the ball I mean you just mentioned there you know the opportunities he showed for the ball and and didn't get it but um, between the 10th and 30th minute he only touched it 10 times he
1: did feel I I kept I I don't know why I keep getting mixed up from certain angles with Basham and he gets Mm -hmm. the ball and I keep saying go on Bert and (laughs) it's Basham
0: no they're, they're physically very I mean I think we've I don't know. I'm, I'm sure I've said that before, but he,
1: I, I really, I might, maybe that's where I have got it from. Maybe subconsciously, it's in there. But yeah, I think even the style of when he runs with the ball is. That's very similar it. To yeah, they're, they're very similar, sort of. And I was like, oh, he's, he's doing well. And oh, no, I, he's Basham. <laughs> <laughs> Another great. to uh, talk about Basham actually, because he, he's just going under the radar every week. I thought he we was really good again. And I, obviously, my dad don't get to many games. He only like yeah, can normally get to like one a season or something like that. And this one, this, one. and he, he was saying, oh, he's, he's getting. Better and better, Bash. It's like first time he's seen him live and stuff. And mm. he, he sort of he goes under the radar, don't he? he? Yeah. Because he's just not every week now. It's just consistency.
0: Definitely. Um, yeah. With Berger, um, only Sharp touched it fewer times in the first half, which is not not really what you want from a central midfield. I mean, it's, um. it's it's funny. It did. I do want to draw a parallel with uh, Lundstrom versus Newcastle at home. So yeah. So the pa- pattern of that Newcastle game. Very similar to this one, and Lundstrom's impact was pretty negligible because there was zero space. But you know, from what we know of Berger, he is he is a bit more of a ball player. You know, someone that you you can kind of um, you know just basically give him the ball and he'll he'll move it on, or you know, break a break a line with a pass. And we didn't really see that. Or just need him to get on the ball more. And I, I think you know I kind of mentioned earlier how much of our our play in the first half was down the left hand side. Yeah, 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 yeah. So That is an area
1: know. we need to so I probably will be with Berger or whatever but I think that is an area where we definitely need to improve next season, that right-hand side not necessarily Baldock or anything like that but even when Lundström played after that brilliant start he had you know, we, we are lacking something down that side I think because mm-hmm. Basham's amazing at the overlapping and stuff like that but we definitely like what we get with Fleck on the other side
0: yeah, and I think that's you know that is the thing, isn't it? Is that Fleck has been playing so well this season mm-hmm. that, yeah, he he obviously is a very different player to Berger. He's much more of a mm-hmm. of a ball carrier, so it kind of makes sense that he has a bigger impact, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it, it did. Uh, I think it was yeah just fifty percent of our attacks in the whole game came down the left with fourteen um, percent middle, thirty six on the right. So yeah very much a lean I, I wasn't able to split that by half but I imagine it was much higher than 50% in the first half it probably evened out a little bit in the second I mean we are good we, I mean we're just good down the left aren't we you know Stevens yeah. O'Connell Fleck that's that's comfortably three of our better players um in terms of uh, possession certainly so not totally surprised but yeah um definitely looking a, a little lost burger um Hold hold this thought actually, but let's uh, when we when we talk about the Reading FA Cup game, let's, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. let's come back to how or if he should play in it. Um, I mentioned him there. John Flex signed a new contract. Yeah, twenty twenty three. Great news. Nice to get that one uh, get that one out just before kickoff. I good at doing. It was, that, aren't we? second, sorry.
1: <laughs> We're good at doing that, aren't we? Getting contracts <laughs> and stuff out. Just good news before kickoff.
0: Yeah, he probably signed it like three
1: months ago or something like that. Yeah, I in like, the uh, Cockthorn before, actually, and all his friends and family were in there. There were loads of them there. Uh, yeah. uh, I presume they were there. They're all Scottish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they look like him. So, uh, uh, but yeah, okay. I think, I'm pretty sure it was them. And uh, there were about 15 or 16 of them like there. And then obviously the news came out that he signed a contract. So whether it was like a bit of a celebration, I don't know. But, mm. yeah, I thought he was fantastic. Again, I think he was the best player in the park.
0: I think so as well. I mean, it, it, I don't know why my, my brain always starts to spin these narratives before they've happened. And I was thinking, like, signed a new contract, right? He's going to have a stinker. He's going to have his worst game of the season. Yeah, but yeah it was it was absolutely magnificent. Just, I mean, it, this is kind of what I come back to when I say how much I enjoyed this game. I enjoyed watching 90 minutes of John Flake playing football because he's, he's just so bloody good at the minute. It's just mm. Really, really exciting to watch. You know everything: the, the attacking play, the dribbling, the tackling, the interceptions—just phenomenal. He had uh, second most shots out of all players on the pitch, uh, second most attacking third passes, uh, joint most dribbles, second most ball recoveries. The only thing that wasn't very good was his crossing, which was only one out of nine, which you know compares quite unfavorably to uh, to Norwood, for example, down yeah. the uh, down the other side, but. Overall, just a a real, real pleasure to watch him play. And yeah, he has been for most of the season, to be fair. Just, yeah, a fantastic player and very much at home at this level, which is probably not what commentary fans expected to be saying three or four years ago.
1: And yeah, uh, the way he stepped up and he's getting better and better every year, pretty much. uh, I think, like I said, I've said before, I think he had a bit of a dodgy spell beginning of last season by his high standards. He certainly weren't poor. But since, well, well, since December last year, Uh, it's just been eight and nine out of ten performances every week
0: yeah for sure and this was yeah very much very much in that category Um, Billy Sharp a a slightly curious performance here because watching the game live I was like that's his best performance of the season by, Mm -hmm. by a distance so it was fantastic you know involved in so many things you know picking up the ball kind of making a bit of space bringing others into play but he actually looked down the sort of stat sheet and it didn't really do much that kind of shows up there you know just one shot no chances created just two ball recoveries zero out of two aerial duels zero out of one crosses but just based on kind of what i've seen it kind of looks a good partnership i think I, I thought sharp. he
1: played well I, I gave him a seven out of ten after the game i thought he played well sharp i think he got behind the defense a couple of times and stuff mm. used the ball really well when he had it um i think he's looking better now than he has for a while, Sharp. Actually. I think
0: so too,
1: yeah. Yeah, I, I think um I, I really yeah, I thought it thought it was good. I understand the clamour for Moose coming on, and I think that worked. but obviously with Stevens going on half time. Mm. I think that, that sort of scuppered that chance of having Moose on as well. But I, when the when he were warming up, I was thinking, who's he gonna take off? McBurney, Sharp. They're both playing pretty well. And mm. it's weird because obviously that they, they didn't score. Uh and they didn't I think really really what two chances that McBurney had, Sharp had one. Didn't really look dangerous as such, but I thought they both played really well.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Let's quickly talk about that. Actually, the muse thing because he was uh, he was ready to roll. He was <clears> about <throat> to come on. they even uh, well, they'd even loaded the numbers onto the yeah, um, yeah. electronic. Uh, Thing, scoreboard. Yeah, for we for
1: kept getting colours. corners and stuff, Sign didn't we? Up. Around that, around that uh, time, and he was just like, basically, all right, wait, wait. Then all of a sudden, he's just slunked off into the back, into the tunnel.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, someone asked me about this on uh, on the twitters, and my take on it was Brighton were starting to come out a bit more. For about, they had like a ten minute spell where they were counter attacking a bit. Mm, uh, excuse yeah. me, they they come out of their own half a little bit, and they were <laughs> yeah. just having a bit of possession around our penalty area, and we we did have a few times where we turned the ball over or, or I should say they turned the ball over and we had like a, you know, Fleck would like sort of hit it down the line for Osborne or for Mc, try and go over the top for McBurney or mm. something like that. And there were a couple of times there I was like, oh, if only we had Musa on the pitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I, I imagine that was like, my thinking is that, uh, yeah, we must have gone, this game's about to change. Brighton have, you know, Brighton have held, held the fort for 50 minutes or whatever and now they're going for the win time to you know kind of switch it up ourselves but then almost as as you say as he was kind of getting ready to come on you know sharp suddenly did something else suddenly we were camped around their box again for another five minutes or so Mm. and uh yeah i don't know if we just read the tea leaves and we're like well when this you know there's not going to be much space with the game pattern is just going to basically continue so yeah we i think i think you're absolutely right i think if um if we don't have to burn a substitution on uh on steven's I think Moussa does get on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. Um, It'd it'd be that third substitute. But then, yeah, probably we were thinking McGoldrick just to maybe just try and unlock this defence is a more logical change for us, and that's what we went for eventually. Um, But, yeah, I liked liked what I saw from Sharp. I thought McBurney was... I honestly thought he was excellent... Uh, I don't like judging strikers on whether they score or not. I know that sounds so stupid.
1: I think in the Premier League, you're right. I think there's, they, they have to, there's not many Premier League strikers who get 20 goals a season. I think people. Well, I mean, to,
0: there's literally two or three every day. This season. is it.
1: And people need to sort of realise this because I've seen people say, my Bernie, Sharp, none of these players are going to get us the 20 goals we need. Well, no one is unless you're going to buy Aguero or Vardy or, you know, <laughs> the, the people who get it like pretty much season in, season out you've got to offer more and your goal, we're not a team, we're not, despite the fact that people think we're a Champions League challenging team, which we are, um, we don't have that sort of firepower to go about and expect someone like Oly McBurnie at 20 pounds, 20 pounds, 20 million (laughs) pounds, yeah, 20 million pounds to uh, score 20 goals in his first season, proper season in the Premier League because it's just not going to happen because those players are genuinely 60, 70 million. Yeah, well, at least. At least, yeah. It's yeah. not it's not I mean Pookie's got has he got eleven this season?
0: I think it's eleven, yeah.
1: And he and he got like seven of them before
0: probably before like October or yeah, something. Before yeah, before
1: October. So and these and he's a player I've seen people say, if only we had a Pookie and stuff like that. Well, you know, he's he's got six more goals than McBurney, but he's played every game.
0: Yeah, I just um the bigger thing for me is are are we scoring goals as a team? And you know, we haven't scored that that many this season. Um but we but we're not creating that many chances either, you know, relative to what you'd expect from a Champions League chasing team, I think. So uh, yeah, I mean we look we've we've carried a non goal scoring striker through the first half of the season in in McGoldrick and yeah. I think Near universally accepted that we are a better team, or we were a better team with him in it, I suppose. And yeah, you know, we look more dangerous than that kind of thing. So, yeah, for me, you look uh, around,
1: I do the view from obviously every week. I'd say 80% of clubs, and this win the championship as well. If only we had a striker who could score 20 goals, you know, yeah, everybody says it. Every single team, Palace are desperate for a striker. Um, Villa, obviously, when Wesley was, oh, if only we had a better strike, every team wants this. Mythical almost 20 goal season striker. I think they're doing all right, Arthur, to be completely honest.
0: Yeah, I think so as well. Um, Yeah, and as I say, you know, I get that some people may think he's not doing his job unless he's scoring, but as long as the team is doing well, I don't care. And all right, you know, you can say, well, we only scored one goal in this game and he did miss a couple of chances, but strikers miss chances. It happens. He's getting Um,
1: better, and I think I I really like watching him play at the moment. I think he's looking. mm. More and more like McGoldrick in terms of his all-round play, people might laugh at that and say, he's not scoring. But I think in his all-round play, he's looking more and more suited to that role. He's definitely getting into it. Um, And, you know, I think McGoldrick gives us something. So I think you even saw that in the 10 minutes that he came on. Mm. That sort of cool... And I still think I'd put McGoldrick above McBurney personally in that position. But he's getting less and less like we need McGoldrick, whereas I thought we definitely needed him in the early part of the season.
0: Yeah, I um I took a Real Madrid fan to uh, to this game, actually. Wow. Um, and uh, <laughs> He he was very impressed with McGoldrick's cameo, so that says it all, really, doesn't it? He was yeah, decent. and like I say, I still think Sudan. he's
1: the man. I still think our best
0: strike partnership
1: is Moussa and McGoldrick when, they, when they're both, you know, when Moussa is fit, right. uh, fit enough to do the night. I still think that's our most dangerous partnership, but I think that Bernie and Sharp have shown in the last, what, three, four games, whatever they've played, that there's not that much in it.
0: Yeah, I think that has been our most dangerous partnership, but it is also one we haven't really had the luxury of, of playing very often. No, that's uh, true. I'd like losing. to see him go, I
1: mean, against Reddy, I know we'll come on to that in a bit, but I, I, that's the two I'd play, McGoldrick and Moose.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. That's uh, that's definitely what I'd like to see as well. Yeah, just, just to sort of uh, check off um, McBurney. I think, I feel like he's playing a bit more physically as well. I mean, you, you know, he's, there's been interviews with him where he sort of said, you know, the amount of, fitness work he's getting through now compared to previous clubs is is like absurd to the point where he he almost hated it essentially when he joined but I think he said he's doing you know he's he's running like uh, two kilometers more a game and yeah just basically fitter stronger than than ever in his Mm. career um yeah and he, he was really in the wars in this one I thought but yeah just things like You know, if you sort of uh, you know set aside the fact he didn't score, you know, he still had the most shots for us. Like that's good in a team that doesn't create many chances. Mm -hmm. Uh, The joint most amount of successful dribbles out of all players on the pitch. He won the most aerial duels, attempted and won the most tackles as well. It was it was a complete striker performance. We just need we either need him to knock one in every now and again, which he he does every now and again. You know, it's only like. Four games since he got the winner against West Ham or whatever it was. It just feels like a hundred years ago. Or we need a <laughs> we need a partner for him who's gonna you know gonna get a goal every uh, every other game as well. But then, as you say, every team in the league is looking for that every every go- a goal every other game striker. So. Well,
1: I'm just looking now at the the Premier League top goal scorers, and it's exactly who you'd sort of expect year after year: Bamiyang and Vardy and Aguero. There's a couple mm. of people in there like Ings, you know, who you might have not picked out. But other than that, you're talking Salah, Rashford, Abraham, Mane, Raul Jiménez. These players cost a bomb.
0: (laughs) Yes. No kidding. Um, Right, I've got one more person I want to mention, but I actually want to... I'm going to cheat and nominate him as my... uh, alternative man of the match so I apologise if I'm stealing your thunder here but, go on. but here we go so alternative man of the match brought to you by the Demblades fanzine we're going to I think I think yeah Fleck was uh, pretty unanimously the, the man of the match uh, in this one but want to pick out someone that also deserves some attention um, I, w- I will give you the floor and I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll jump on your point if we end up talking about the same person but who do you want to nominate
1: well mine's pretty boring because we've just spoke about him a lot and I've gone for John Fleck simply with a contract signing uh, and I think it's not necessary. It's brilliant that Fleck's staying. Don't get me wrong. I love that. You know, I love watching him play. Really, every time I see him, he gets better and better, and I really enjoy watching him play. But I, I think, as a whole, it's good for the club that he signed because then you've got your likes of Egan, O'Connell, Norwood, whatever is else is in negotiations. I think, well, Flecky signed. You know, he's yeah. probably been our best player this year, or just about. This is it's a good place to be this. And I think it hopefully starts a bit of a snowball effect where other contracts are signed. So I'm mean going John Fleck for a number of reasons. He probably was the man of the match as well, actually, on the on, on the day. So I can't praise him enough.
0: Yeah, no, it's a good shout, actually, with the contract situation. It does make the... Uh, I mean, we thought he was ludicrous at the time, but the yeah. uh, Fleck off to Arsenal on transfer deadline day rumours just even more stupid. I mean, yeah, I, I don't... I, I mean, I think he probably finishes his career with this, to be honest. Yeah, um, Yeah, yeah. You know, as long as we want that to sure They're certainly going to get right? these
1: best years, which is yeah. not something that we can always say about United, that they get the best the best years out of the best players.
0: Absolutely, yeah. So good shout, mate. Um, my nomination is Ben Osborne. He's uh unsung hero in terms of he's barely featured at all this season. I think this is by far his um, longest time on the pitch in a league game. He's obviously played in some of the cup games. He's, mm-hmm. he's generally been restricted to sort of just coming on and running around a bit at the end <laughs> of games, but here a uh, a surprise half time substitution for the injured Ender Stevenson. i think it's just a just a calf strain for Stephens, Yeah, i it?
1: think he'll be back uh, I, I don't know if he'll play in the cup anyway but i think he'll almost certainly be back for Norwich if it's just a calf strain
0: hopefully um but yeah I, you know I, I really i thought Osborne <laughs> had like a, a slightly shaky first couple of minutes i was is...
1: worried in that spell i'm not going to lie to yeah. you i was worried anyway because i've not seen him against a decent opposition on the left hand side uh, I saw him against Millwall and I thought he got caught out a couple of times and I was thinking, well, oh, it's a bit... And then I think he did have a dodgy first fight, but after that, I'm really impressed with him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we've seen him against not great opposition and, yeah, as you say, look a little bit out of it. I think, you know, I've certainly seen a few people kind of say, like, it's not a left-wing back. Like, if, if that's our cover, we're in trouble. Yeah. Well, I think this is a good counter-argument because, yeah, I thought he was excellent. Admit, You know, it was a game where he didn't have a great deal of defending
1: today I was going to say I I still like to see him up against a team who actually attack uh, before I start thinking oh yeah he's going to be challenging because I've seen a few people say no he's going to be challenging Stephen. it's like no I'm not sure about that but yeah I'm really really impressed it must have been hard for him as well to come on in that circumstances of you know it's not his position is it really so to make his Hmm. proper debut in that position in 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 a tough game in tough conditions yeah I was impressed with him
0: yeah, I, 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 my uh, I was a little bit like Woo, when I saw Stevens had gone off at time saying, "Oh, you know, that's that is quite a, it's quite a drop off from," uh, and I, I mean this more as a compliment to Stevens than a mm-hmm. criticism of Osborne, to be honest. But you know, it, it's, there's no exaggeration to say there is a bit of a drop off between those two in terms of their ability, I think, or at least at least from what we've seen so far. But yeah, I thought Osborne did a, a really good job. I mean, to the extent where, yeah, you probably say it's not it's not a disaster if Stevens ends up missing a couple of games, you know. I'd be... Based on that forty-five minutes, we're pretty confident yeah. it can come in and, and do a very reliable job. I mean, a lot, a of, lot of time to, um, or a lot of opportunity to, you know, get on the ball in the second half. Obviously, with his having so much possession, and yeah, I thought he linked up pretty nicely down the left with uh, with Fleck, with O'Connell, and yeah. uh, a good showing. And I think just I, I kind of wanted to pick him out just as the, just as the importance of having a squad because. Mm-hmm. I think you know there's, there's sometimes sometimes, things I read from some United fans it's just like we only need 12 players you know <laughs> <laughs> you, need, you need a first 11 and then you need Simon Moore for for the Man United games because Henderson can't <laughs> play them everyone else get rid you know why have we spent 3 million on Ben Osborne what's the point of him he never gets on the pitch anyway and yeah yeah I'm uh, you know I'm, I'm, I'm extrapolating there bit, a
1: bit, bit, bit of a tangent here but I'm reading a book at the moment about Scotland uh, in the 1970 because I'm a really boring person I'm reading a book about Scotland in the 1978 World Cup uh, but back in the I can't, uh, 1950 World Cup, one of the World Cups, the Scottish FA, they only took 13 players to the World Cup because they thought they were fitter than everybody else. <laughs> uh, it was a British arrogance, obviously. And um, they ended up losing 7-0 in the second game to Uruguay. So, uh, yeah, it just goes to show even back then, um, you know, you needed a big, big squad and it's even more so now, isn't it? So.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and, and this is it, you know, players like, this is why... You know, when we sign a player like Jack Rodwell, for example, like, Mm -hmm. Rodwell may not play a Premier League minute for us this season, but it's still important that we have players who can play if someone gets injured. You know, that's why it was worth taking a punt on Ravel Morrison, for example, for, you know, absolutely no loss to us at all, apart from, a, I would imagine, a fairly, you know, low wage relative to other Premier League midfielders. You might need these players, and, you know, they're not going to be as good as the first 11 in all likelihood because that's why they're not in the first 11, but you Mm. still need them. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, good stuff from Osborne. I mean, you know, he's, um, he's spoken in, you know, I think he was asked before one of the FA Cup games, he was asked about like, you know, you thinking about going out on loan or you wanting to go out on loan uh, in January. And it was like, no, I'm, you know, this is, again, we hear this so much from United fans, United players, but this is like the fittest I've ever been, you know, the, the back back backroom stuff here is phenomenal. I'm, you know, I'm getting better and better as a player all the time and, you know, just waiting for my opportunity. So, hmm. yeah, he uh, he seized it with both hands. It was, uh, you know, I'm not saying he was absolutely incredible or anything, but that's why he's uh, an alternative Man of the Match nominee. So, yeah, yeah, there we go. Uh, I think he probably deserves it, mate. I, you know, I, I, my heart my heart did sink. Although, uh, no, I'm going to go with Ben Osborne because Fleck was the actual Man of the Match. So. Yeah, that's fair enough, I
1: think, yeah, yeah. yeah, And it's good to get these, like you said, it's... it's it, I like the. I like. He seems a really good professional, don't I? Hmm. Um, yeah. And I think it's. Yeah, I think it. I, I like him as a person. Every time I've heard him speak and stuff like that, he seems like a good player to have around. And yeah, who knows? You Stephen's out for a bit. He might get a few games and see what he can do. But I, I'm certainly more confident now in him than I was before.
0: Yeah, definitely. Which is uh, what you want to see. So yeah, that was the alternative man of the match, brought to you by the Denblades Fanzine. we're a sponsor of this podcast. The first edition of 2020 is out next month looking at the present and past of the Blades. It features two flippable front covers to help you bask in the glory of the current side or you can flip the fanzine to traverse texts about the decade just gone and far beyond featuring interviews with Michael Doyle, Neil Collins, Seth Bennett and many more plus tons of great features written by Blades for Blades. You can pre-order issue 5.0. And subscribe for the whole of 2020 by visiting demblades.co.uk. So please do check it out. Right, let's finish up, mate, by talking about uh Reading, which is our next mm. game, which is a a full ten days away. Um with uh, Obviously, we were supposed to be playing Aston Villa this weekend, but they are in the Carabao Cup. How do I not remember? Yes, yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> The Carabao a Cup final. <laughs> it's a Carabao. Yeah, not
0: the Carlin yeah. Cup or the Milk Cup or the Rumbelows Cup or whatever. Yeah, um, and we should be cheering on Man City, by the way. Um, hmm. Not only because uh, I don't know if you if you just happen to not like Aston Villa, but um, if Villa were were to win the cup. They would claim one of the Europa League spots, so it's it's very much in our interests if we're uh, if we're intent on going abroad, then uh, we want Man City to win this, and therefore another league position is available for Europa League qualification. But anyway, Reading is the uh, is the next game, and I think um, I think we should. I mean, I would quite like us to just play our strongest team now. What do you think?
1: Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. i am really looking If I'm going to this, actually. I have got a ticket, so I'm I'm going to this match. And I'm really looking forward to it because I think we can definitely you know beat him and then you're in the quarterfinals and I, I, I'd i play the if there's a few doubts you know if if we're not sure if Stevens is fit yeah put Osborne in like I said, I'd like to see McGoldrick and Moose anyway up front just to see if they can get that partnership back together that they had earlier in the season um, possibly Lundström I think he probably deserves it. Um, it, it instead of Berger or maybe Berger in uh, Norwood's position but yeah I'd be pretty much full strength I think
0: yeah certainly yeah uh... Certainly, this stage a very strong. T- you know, I'd, I'd like to see our first choice defence out there for sure, um, because yeah, we have a you know, it's, it's a very winnable game for us, and then uh, hopefully, uh, yeah, into the quarter final, maybe a, a nice home tie there, and who knows, mate. But yeah, I, I, I mean, we mentioned it earlier to, to come back to, I guess, but I quite like to see Berger play in Norwood's position mm. in this game. I think that's a good opportunity to uh, you know give him a lot of the ball, if you like. See what he can do uh, in that role, which I, I do think is probably more is going to be more comfortable with at least this stage of his career, based on how he's been playing at uh, his previous clubs. So yeah. that would be interesting. I'm also, you know, as much as I'd like a strong team, I'm not averse to uh, to giving Norwood a game off. Mm. Um, but yeah, I would like to see McGoldrick and Moussa. I mean, McGoldrick's obviously feeling his way back from injury. Moussa is not featured that much as he recently it's just been um the odd sort of appearance of yeah the bench, I know. think it's about time we
1: unleash the moose as they say yeah yeah I think I think so I think
0: McGoldrick's got to play as well I think just to get even if it's just to get him back
1: into you know the swinger first team football
0: yeah and I, I mean you know with respect to Reading that should be enough really mm-hmm. I mean they are a very very mid-table championship team but they're they're also one of these mid-table championship teams that don't really have any designs on the playoffs this season They're, you know their season is essentially it comes down to this game yeah. and whatever whatever comes after it if they manage to get through it um they are 14th for xg 18th for xg against in for goals expected position is 12th for them you know, they're just mid-table for more or less everything. Yeah, I think they frustrated Leeds the by the sounds
1: of it at the weekend, but I think a lot of teams frustrate Leeds, to be honest. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh,
1: and, I, and I think that um, I, I expect us to win, which is not often I say that. So, uh, just I think we're far better side than them, basically.
0: Yeah, I think, it'll, I mean, it will be an upset, I think, if we lose, mm. because I do expect we will put out a very strong team and we will try and win the game, obviously. I yeah. mean, look, we're, we're safe. This is it. This is a... This is a close. This is like the best. I think this is the best position we've been in in my lifetime to have a cup run. I think in my yeah. supporting lifetime. I think. Um, and I think we were
1: both early de- uh, uh, What even like a month ago, saying forget the cup. You <laughs> know what I mean. Like, yeah, but now it's no- got to the point where we are definitely safe. So I'd yeah. love to see his go for it. Yeah, I really. I, we might not get in a position like this again where we've got the luxury of. Maybe, maybe not putting all his eggs into the cup basket, but certainly not having to worry. Well, if you know, if he gets injured, then well, so what? we you know, the worst thing that happens now is that we don't get into Europe via the league. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be good, and I think uh, I will be disappointed if we lose because I think it's a really good opportunity.
0: Yeah, and it's not, uh, it's not Cardiff, which would have been a slightly spicier atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think in, in in fairness, what we said was, uh, I think we said like you know. You almost want to accidentally get to the fifth round, you know, without really trying that hard. And we, we kind of did that, I think, you know, mm-hmm. half a team against Fylde, slightly stronger team against uh, against Millwall. But, you know, certainly, you know, had, a, had, had quite a few reserve players playing in that one. So, yeah, we're here now. We definitely also said the fifth round isn't until pretty much the start of March. So... You know, and we may fight. as well win,
1: you know, because Man United are playing Derby. Uh, we, the fifth round tie is on the Man United weekend when we play Man U away. I imagine Man U will beat Derby, so that game's going to get cancelled anyway. I would have thought so. The
0: next round, you yeah, sorry, the next final. for the
1: next round, the quarter final lands on the same weekend as we'd be playing Man United away.
0: That's true. Yeah. So all like I And I
1: think they'll probably beat Derby. So you, yeah, I'd rather have a game that
0: weekend than not, basically. <laughs> Yes, very good point. Yeah, I know stupid spaced out games. Yeah. Then, I suppose after I suppose after Reading, we've got uh, we've got Norwich hot on the heels, haven't we? On uh... the
1: moral victors it... themselves, Norwich. Uh, <laughs>
0: I really want to beat
1: him. Just. I'd like to beat him in rubbish circumstances. I wanted to be absolutely all over him and we just win one 0 <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, any uh, any win over Norwich is always enjoyable. I think okay. and would keep up the pressure on the Champions League yes. spot. Yes, indeed, it, it's still insane. I mean, I was sort of you know, I, um, there was hardly any games on TV yesterday, which annoyed me. Mm. But yeah, I saw you know, I saw Wolves won like three 0 or whatever it was, and. Uh, I'm thinking, oh, they've probably gone above us now in the table, and they haven't. There's still a point behind us. Everton have been on this
1: really good run, and they're four points off us now. Because I keep, do you know what? I've been slagging fans off for being disappointed. I keep uh, thinking we lost on Saturday. <laughs> I keep forgetting forget got a point. I'm like looking around saying, "Well, have we? Ge- oh, yeah,
0: we drew. <laughs> yeah. Well, just uh, imagine what it's going to be like when we lose a game oh, again. I, I don't want to
1: no. know. Lo- imagine if we lose to Norwich. Everyone's going to go mad, aren't they? Imagine if we lose to Reading. Oh, God, now I'll be going mad. <laughs> going all the way to Reading. you said it's an awful awful place to go as well. So, yeah, just think about that if you're listening to United players. Us lot I like travelling and it's... Arguably the worst not the worst ground, but I've heard it's like just in the middle of nowhere, isn't it? So It
0: is, yeah. Sorry. I don't know if it's changed in the last ten years or however long it is since I've been there. Yeah. It was it was uh, it's not a great place to go, I don't think, as an nah. array fan, but who knows? Uh, one final stat on Reading which I looked at which I thought was moderately interesting if you're a nerd like me. Most dribbles per game in the entire league, which makes them also consequently the third most fouled team as well so they have some uh you know they have a bit of individual quality a bit of creativity yeah. but yeah they also allow a lot of sh- fourth most shots against them so yeah this they is, are is up for it by
1: the way I looked at their forum and um, they're sort of putting all their eggs into this basket which you understand because they're not going to go down mm-hmm. are they and they're not... no 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 they're definitely not going to go up so they are quite excited about this and saying you know if we win this game you're in the same as we're saying you're in the quarter finals and who knows so yeah, yeah. I think they'll be up for it and I think they're, they're doing some sort of flag thing I don't know if you've seen this no where they're doing like a I can't really explain it like without sort of, it there's they're having like a one one half of the stand blue the other white then blue then white or they try that's what they're trying to do whether they actually manage it um I'm not sure but yeah and it's only £10 a ticket as well so I imagine that it'll be pretty you know it'd be fairly good uh fairly good uh, attendance that's what i'm looking for yeah
0: (laughs) yeah you would have thought they'd be sold out at that price yeah yeah given given as i say it's basically season on season defining i suppose for them so yeah yeah we'll see that's uh that's next wednesday isn't it yeah 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 Uh, so tuesday tuesday Tuesday, yeah yeah i've got a wrong day
1: aren't
0: i (laughs) (laughs) just turn up a day later why is it not on tv uh, it?
1: Because it's Wednesday, Manchester City on Wednesday, isn't it? Um, that's the BBC one. And I don't know. btl have gone for Man U because they always do, don't they?
0: Yeah, I think it's something like 15 years since a Man U FA Cup tie was not televised. Yeah, which I think tells you uh, everything about where where TV companies' priorities lay. Just in case you were it's not mad. I mean, when,
1: aware, we, when but... we played them at their ground under Adkins, we were just a middle in League One side away way at Man United. Mm. Who wants to see that other than us? <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, yeah, I know, absolutely. I think even I laughed when uh, I saw that one was on TV. Yeah. Oh, by the way, speaking of, uh, I, I, I was going to half mention him for alternative man of the match. Just the final thought, but Nigel Adkins, mm. alternative man of the match. You know, he spent all that time pursuing Dan Burn. Yeah. And we finally got to see him play at Bramwell Lane. Yeah. He's <laughs> uh, yeah. Dan yeah, and I'm,
1: I'm glad we didn't sign him. Now he's, he's all right. To be fair, he, he played all right. He's just a big.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think I meant to mention this earlier, but yeah, another frustration was that we couldn't get at him a bit more, you know, I'd have liked to have seen Baldock try and maybe knock it past him or something, but they were so deep that there was just no space to do it. And they obviously yeah. had, you know, they had three centre halves behind him. So yeah, somebody was going to come over and hoover that up. So that was a small frustration that they were able to kind of get away with playing a six foot six left wing back, essentially, and we weren't able to exploit it. Yeah. On, on the ground if not in the air but there you go so maybe maybe Adkins was onto something after all by the pursuing him for years and years but yeah anyway yeah. right mate let's uh, let's wrap up there so yes uh, next game is a week tomorrow Reading away in the FA Cup we will catch up after that and we'll do a preview of Norwich as well after that one um, anything you want to you want to plug push people towards
1: no not, not nothing at the moment quite weak um, and then you know obviously there'll be a pre-match youth from Reading on Monday I would have thought next Monday hmm
0: It's it's only us that aren't playing this weekend, right? Us and yeah, but uh, Arsenal full round of fixtures.
1: I think Arsenal and City are supposed to be playing each other. Mm, So um, I think it's just us and Arsenal not playing next week.
0: Yeah, fair enough. So yeah, good uh, good chance for Stevens to uh, get that calf rested and hopefully get back, and everyone else to uh, get ready for hopefully uh, extending the cup run a little Mm. bit further. Yeah, fingers crossed. Nice one, mate. Thanks so much for your time. Yeah, cheers, mate. uh, Thank you. Enjoy the match next week. Yeah. Uh Enjoy catching up on the sleep that you lost staying up to watch the box. That's the it. Boat. Yeah,
1: I'm absolutely shattered today. Really, I really am. Uh,
0: going back. Going back to bed after this, here. Uh,
1: now I'm going to work, so <laughs> no, no rest for the wicked. So
0: yeah. <laughs> Unlucky. Get, get yourself uh, tucked up in bed, good and early tonight, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll speak to you later. Yeah. Cheers, both. Thank you. Thanks to Andrew. Thanks to you for listening. And seeing as you made it this far, perhaps you'll just let me tell you about a quick word from one of our sponsors. Beer 52. Now Beer 52 are offering a free case of their handpicked beers to Bladespod subscribers. All you need to do is head to beer52.com slash bladespod. Sign up, cover the 4.95 for postage. They will send you a case of eight free beers. And I can tell you these aren't just any beers. Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting craft beers from the greatest small batch breweries the world has to offer. They're on a mission to find the best beers out there and deliver it to their members each and every month. So if you're like me and you like trying something new when it comes to your beer, Beer 52 is definitely for you. They don't hold you to ransom. You can leave at any time with no cost to you. Sign up today, get your free case of craft beer. You get it from beer52.com slash bladespod. That's the word beer, then the number's 52.com slash bladespod. Thanks once again for listening. I will speak to you next week.